dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And this edition of Blunt Business is brought to you by the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo coming to Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th. You, all of you, my wonderful listeners here on Blunt Business, absolutely should be there. Come make the trip. It's a short ride, and it's so cheap to come down here. Miss Miami in the summertime. But what what else can you say? We're only just a stone's throw from South Beach, and we have hundreds of exhibitors, thousands of attendees. Great speakers are going to be joining us. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But in the meantime, go ahead and log on to usccexpo.com for your tickets. usccexpo.com is where you find out more. This episode, we're going to talk to a pioneer of the cannabis industry and one of the most knowledgeable and successful players in the state of California. I'm here with the president and CEO of TransCanna Holdings, Jim Pakulas. Jim, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Wonderful. Thanks for making time to join us. Uh, now, let's go ahead and mention TransCanna Holdings. It's a Canadian-based company providing branding, transportation, and distribution services through its wholly owned California subsidiaries to a range of industries, including the cannabis marketplace. So being in Canada and being based in Canada, talk to me about the current state of the Canadian market. We've talked about it later on the show, wanted to know if, uh, what it's like to deal with the balance of your business between Canada and the rest of the world. Well, California, as you know, is really an island upon itself as far as its magnitude and size. Uh, California being, you know, almost 40 million residents, 240 million annual visitors, it actually surpasses the population of, of Canada. Um, and because about 10 years of experience in the cannabis space um, for myself, uh, it lends itself perfectly for TransCana and what we're creating in California uh, in the cannabis sector. Um, and specifically, what we're creating is a self-enclosed ecosystem in which we um, have just recently acquired one of the largest facilities in the state, which will allow us to be vertically integrated. Uh, we're also uh, acquiring brands. We'll have up to 15 different brands under our umbrella company. Uh, and we'll be able to satisfy and do all of that within our own self-contained facility, which is a 196,000-square-foot facility in Central California. So we have a lot going on right now. Yeah, I'm looking right now at the uh, press release for that, and that's a huge property. <laughs> that's a lot, of, a lot of money right there. So congratulations on that. I know there's more, uh, that's just all on top of everything else that's been going on with TransCanna. You've boasted of TransCanna as, quote, arguably the largest self-contained, vertically integrated company, as you said, owning up to 15 premium brands in California, and is pursuing a true, quote, self-contained ecosystem approach. Expand on that for us. Yeah, happy to. When I created TransCanna, I wanted to imagine what the marketplace was going to look like three and four years down the road. Where were the where are the margins going to be in 2020, uh, 2022, 2023, 2024? Um, and I came to the conclusion that the 
the ecosystem, uh, whether it's the the cultivators or the nurseries or the extractors, or the manufacturers, I see that um, their their margins are probably going to contract. And the reason is everyone's going to get really good at it. Um, there won't be the fragmentation that there is right now. However, at the other end of the spectrum, I believe that the margins for high-quality brands will be, will maintain or actually potentially even increase because this is just a consumer's good product like any other consumer good products. And if you have a quality brand that's recognized by the populace, they are going to buy your product if it's serving their needs, whatever their needs may be. Um, so our goal is to concentrate on the biggest and best margins in two to three years from now and then reverse engineer into that and we want to do this to scale which is a critical element we don't want to do it and be a boutique player we want to be one of the more dominating if not the dominating uh, company in the state of California that owns the brands and so therefore uh, we scoured the countryside through my network and through the network. Uh, we hired a mergers and acquisitions firm, and we looked at, uh, I tasked them with two different things, to look at real estate transaction for us, uh, that we could go ahead and have all of the elements that we need to create brands or to buy brands and transport them into a facility and to do that to scale. Um, um, so I had them look at real estate and I had to look at brands for us, uh, which they've been doing for almost two years. Uh, and they were fortunate enough to introduce me or I was fortunate enough to be introduced to the facility that we ended up acquiring. Uh, it was formerly a food processing facility. Uh -huh. uh, about two years ago, it went through a U.S. $8 million of renovation uh, by a third party that's no longer in the equation. Uh, and it comes with five acres all in the green zone. Uh, so this facility now, after the $8 million of renovation, and those $8 million, were, were, it was renovation for a vertically integrated cannabis-focused facility. So now it's designed to be vertically integrated. So That's what can fantastic. we do? In short, what can we it really is. And well, here's what we can do in the facility now. We can do nursery, you know, predicated on us getting our licenses. We can do nursery, cultivation, manufacturing, extraction bottling, canning, um, we're building a kitchen in there, um, transportation and distribution, all to scale in this facility. So uh, and in addition to that, once we get up and going, again, we have the five acres adjacent to this facility, also in the green zone, that we can build out tranches uh, for indoor grow um, when we feel the timing is right. So it's, it's wonderfully logistically located. It's about two hours south of San Francisco. Um, it's in a prime spot. It's an agricultural area. So we're starting to be able to interview top-tier individuals that come from the agricultural space to come and, and work with us at the facility. Um, and also the power rates, as you probably know, some of the most expensive top uh, line item expenses in the cannabis industry when you're a grower, uh, indoor grower, is the, your electric costs. And we have some of the lowest electric costs in the state um, um, that we get our, our power from. Uh, so it all blends together really, really nicely for us. You know, not that long ago, we actually talked to another company that uh, 
is doing the same kind of idea in Massachusetts in a city called Freetown, where, again, it was a large company that actually, so you said it was a food company, and the company over here in Boston, it was actually, was originally going to be Sam Adams, who was going to put a brewery there, and they already had everything pretty much built and ready to go, same idea. So And also, it's outside of the area, so much room to work off of, the infrastructure, everything being built in, it's in that same form, where you have all that ready to go, and you have the option and the opportunity to go ahead and be this so vertically integrated. Talk about integration. Your background, I'm looking on Bloomberg. I don't even know how to start with <laughs> everything you've done in three years of experience in entrepreneurial companies, emerging and high growth sectors. You've worked in internet, fin- internet, finance, real estate, healthcare, and insurance. You've done M&As operations, real estate transactions, financing, accounting, legal and human resources. You've done it all. And in the last decade, you've been in cannabis. Talk to me about the excitement that it was that it comes here and how you've been able to basically use this this tool chest of skills you've worked out over three years of entrepreneurial work as what's called here a skilled leader, negotiator, and consensus builder to help service the cannabis industry through Transcana. I started in 2000, I think um, your listeners are probably more interested in the cannabis aspect. So I, right. I actually started in the cannabis industry in California in 2010. Right. Um, as, as a reminder, in 1996, medicinal cannabis was permitted in the state of California. And in 2010, I was looking at the landscape and I saw that no one had capitalized um, from a publicly traded level, no one had capitalized on the ability um, to grow a medicinal cannabis related enterprise. So I actually did a reverse merger in July of 2010, acquired a variety of different medicinal cannabis assets. Uh, and I also acquired what was at the embryonic stage of weed maps. Uh, and so from the middle of 2010 to the end of 2012, uh, as CEO of the publicly traded company, which had 100% ownership of weed maps at the time, we grew up from zero to about 16 million top line revenue. Uh, created uh, a market cap of just under half a billion dollars, which was arguably the, the first one uh, in North America in the cannabis space that was, was doing those types of numbers with that type of market cap. Um, and the stock went from about 30 cents to a uh, mid $4 range. Um, so it was a, it was a baptismal by fire. It was a, um, you know, it was a great experience. And, uh, uh, but the takeaway from that was um, having uh, created a lot of great relationships, you know, almost a decade ago in California in the cannabis sector. Um, and so parlaying that into Transcana, I think only can benefit us and the company uh, from, you know, the stage where we're at now, which is the, the entrepreneurial stage. And as we're, we start executing on our business plan, which we have, one of the neat things about Transcana is that um, we, we have, we have set ourselves milestones and, and we've, we've hit pretty much every one of them. Uh, we, we decided we wanted to find a facility to scale and acquire it and we were able to acquire it at a steep discount to market. Um, so, so we hit that milestone. Um, the LOIs that we have out right now for several different brands, high tier brands for acquisitions, uh, those are going very well for us uh, in the due diligence stage. Uh, management team that we're pulling together is top tier. So we're checking all the boxes for us to scale. 
um, to have those relatively comfortable or large margins in two to three years from now, once things really start uh, getting into place. But um, we also anticipate, even though we just went public January 9th of this year, we also anticipate having revenues on the books by the end of this year because of, of uh, how things are working uh, for TransCanna right now. Fantastic. Let's go ahead and talk more about this, and more about the comparisons between California and Canada when it comes to the cannabis markets. We're talking here with James Pakulis, CEO of TransCanna here on Plant Business. Back with more questions for James in just a moment. But before we go to break, the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is weeks away, August 3rd and 4th. Doctors, we hope you'll join us Friday, August 2nd for our physician training and certification program so you can take the exam to become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, you get to see a medical doctor all weekend long for evaluation so you can quickly and easily get your medical marijuana card. Education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a very interactive exhibit space await you. At the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, it's coming up August 3rd and 4th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami, Florida. Log on to usccexpo.com. Again, usccexpo.com. Secure your tickets today. We hope to see you there. Back in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Jim Pakulas, the CEO of TransCanna Holdings here on Blunt Business. I want to quote to you, Jim, from a recent Yahoo Finance article. Quote, Last year, we witnessed a number of firsts for the green rush. Canada lifted the veil on nine decades of adult-use prohibition by becoming the first industrialized country to legalize adult-use cannabis. 
We also saw a handful of states wave the green flag on medical cannabis and California, the fifth largest economy in the world by gross domestic product, open its doors to adult use consumers. But supply sale supply side issues have constrained sales in Canada, while California's cannabis industry is an absolute mess. That's uh, according to new data from the state, recently released state budget documents showing that California has cut cannabis tax revenue projections by a whopping $223 million through 2020. Governor Gavin Newsom has been very vocal about that. Okay. Talk to me about how you've had to diversify your strategy when working on both of these challenge markets. Well, our market is focused in California, strictly and solely in California. So, um, so by, by targeting like a laser in California, we have to deal with, with the portion of that statement you just made, which is the fragmentation and, you know, as you quoted, a mess in the state of California. I would argue that things are getting uh, a lot better. Um, but let me tell you what, what, what uh, you know, in my humble opinion, took place January 1st, 2018. You had a multi-billion dollar industry in existence in the state of California that was being regulated by the municipalities, not by the state. On top of that, adult use uh, commenced January 1st, 2018. Also on top of that, the state began regulating. So now they're jumping in to regulate an existing multi-billion dollar industry and a brand new sector of an industry. so not an easy challenge mm-hmm. for anybody to go ahead and get the reins and then try to go ahead and coordinate uh, all the different elements um, to, to in order to the end results being taxation and, 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 and you know, people above board, working above board within legal parameters. Difficult challenge. Um, totally. And that was one of the reasons why we actually were happy we did not go public in 218 and way into 219 because there were so many stop and starts in the state of California and a lot of really good brands and people um, ended up leaving the industry because they couldn't financially withstand the uh, the, the, the stop and start and the, and the additional costs that were necessary. As an example, in the summertime, you had to go through three different types of packaging um, because the state had amended it uh, three different times. So that's a very expensive proposition um, for smaller uh, operations. Um, but Fast forward to today, things are, are I think, starting to um, even themselves out, uh, and the system seems to be working better. With that said, it is still an incredibly fragmented industry, which is wonderful for us. It is a blank slate. There's no true dominant, dominant players uh, as far as brands that are in the marketplace. There's no Coca-Colas out there yet. And so with TransCana, we have this unbelievable opportunity. As you said, the fifth largest, domestic, uh, fifth largest uh, producing economy in the world right here in our backyard with no dominant brands. And we have a facility of 196,000 square feet uh, that's fully integrated and we're buying brands and creating brands. So we really feel that we have an opportunity to be one of those premier brands that are on the shelves, that consumers won't have to go to the bud tender and listen to the bud tender for 10 or 15 minutes describe certain things. They'll know exactly what they want when they walk into the dispensary. Uh, And that's what we want to deliver to to the end users in the state of California. And I'll tell you what, for whatever reason, the mess that California is in, it has not stopped the influx of companies coming in here to expand themselves into the market. Because I'm just reading uh, just at Forbes.com just a couple days ago. They're mentioning the fact that, you know, more multi-state operators are making their way into the state. It's not stopping. And, you know, 
even though with all the high, high regulations, all the issues, there is so many millions of dollars, so many different companies coming in. But, you know, for California's sake, I don't understand how they're not getting the tax revenue because in the same article, I want to just take, quote, California is absolutely taxing the daylights out of its consumers. Aside from having the highest base sales tax of any state in the country, California imposes, get this, a 15% excise tax on adult-use cannabis, a cultivation levy of 9 dollars 25 cents per ounce on cannabis flowers or 275 per ounce on cannabis leaves all told consumers can be on the hook for an aggregate tax of up to 45 percent depending on the city how do you work through these tax obstacles to make sure to keep prices down on whatever you're working on couple different ways to answer that. A lot of the municipalities are recognizing that if they want to attract quality companies into their areas, they cannot charge five and 10% tax. Um, they have to bring it down and company, excuse me, municipalities are doing that. Adelanto, um, outside of Los Angeles is, is a perfect example. Two months ago, they were at 5%. They dropped it down to 1%. Wow. Um, so they're recognizing that if you're going to attract the quality players, the quality companies into your community, you cannot overtax them. They'll just leave. They'll go down to someplace else where the taxes are less. Number two, um, the state itself, uh, there, you know, it, it's been ebbs and flows in regards to the rules and regulations, uh, but, and it is expensive uh, to a certain extent. Um, however, how do we mitigate that? We mitigate it by, again, going back to our facility in which we have extremely low energy. So we're going to be able to have our nurseries, our cultivation, indoor nurseries, indoor cultivation, and we're going to be able to do it at a far less expense than a and other indoor uh, operators because of the power costs are so significantly less. That's going to assist us to take those biomasses and create the oils and, and, and the necessary uh, ingredients to put into the goods, into the brands that we're acquiring or creating to then get out to the dispensaries. So with us, uh, uh, one is that the region we're in, the taxes are relatively low. Number two, the power costs are relatively low. Number three, because we're gonna be doing this to scale, we're gonna be saving a lot on our internal operations compared to a, you know, a three or 4,000 square foot grow that may not have the benefit of such low power um, uh, costs. So it's a combination of a couple of different elements for us to mitigate um, those extremely high taxes um, that are prevalent in some of the regions throughout the state of California. Now, one of the quote I want to make mention of is uh, in the same article, this is from a Sean Williams, the Motley Fool, who put this article through Yahoo, I thought this was a good point to make point to our listeners here on the show. Quote, long story short, California is going to have to get serious about adjusting its tax policy if it has any chance of uprooting the state's mammoth black market. Until we see serious tax policy changes, California could be more trouble than it's worth to investors. And I want to just bring another thing before I ask you another question here, Jim. Uh, the fact that most recently, no. At least what I want to see is with California and the cannabis market, there are things that are being done. I just saw now recently a new story that came out from the Associated Press. The Southern California Coalition, which is the cannabis industry group, they penned a letter to L.A. City Hall asking for a crackdown on legal shops, urging officials to seize cash and cannabis for legal shops, saying they may be selling tainted products. And again, we just need to see action from the from the government and from law enforcement to make that happen. So I want to make that a point. There is 
people are being advocates or active, really being activists to try to get things pushed across. Now, so that's the bad end of the tax ends. But let's talk about the banking side. Let's talk about the other side of money that's more beneficial. There is some good news, hopefully, that might be giving California one step closer to providing the cannabis industry with legal banking. California State Senate did pass a bill that would allow private banks and credit unions to apply for state charters to specifically handle cannabis financial transactions under this legislation. State Assembly and Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, would must approve it before it becomes law. But these limited purpose charters would allow such institutions to offer depository services to license cannabis businesses. So I know you wanted to talk about things. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was uh, banking, cap structure, uh, those kind of uh, measures. Take a minute to go and talk to me about what you're seeing in the forefront when it comes to making it easier for TransCanada to work more in the market with banking financial services and to work with all the money and all the uh, war chests that you're working with to build your business. The, um, in, in the marketplace, there are um, discreetly, uh, there are organizations um, on a discreet level um, um, that have entertained um, taking care of banking issues for cannabis related companies. What you just mentioned pertaining to the SAFE Act is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's going to open up the doors and, and, and listen, it's, it's just a, a, it's a tremendous benefit for everyone in the ecosystem from, at the, from the federal level because they get a piece of the action as far as taxation, the state level, the municipal level, the operators, um, all of the producers along the way, everyone needs a safe port to put their capital and having, you know, the state being, being proactive and recognizing this and instituting this, I think is just, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful benefit for everybody in the state of California. Um, as far as the cap structure of TransCanon, jumping over to that question real quick, we did something very, very unique. Um, we chose to be extremely conservative with our cap structure. Um, in fact, when we went public in January 9th, uh, 2019, we only had 12 million shares outstanding. Um, trade, we opened up at 50 cents on the CSE under the ticker TCAN, T-C-A-N, uh, closed the first day at 95 cents. Uh, we've traded anywhere from, you know, $4 to $7. So we've, we've done well, but we've, we've concentrated on wanting the shareholders to, to do really well with us, shareholders and investors all along the way. So at within a short period of time after our IPO, we did a, we did a private placement, announced a 10 million, we're oversubscribed, raised 16 million, and that was a $2 private placement with a half tradable at three. And we just closed a $5, excuse me, we just closed a $10 million private placement uh, last week. And that was a $5 uh, private placement with a $6 half tradable warrant. So I feel like I need to be like Jim Cramer do. hitting one of those buttons for like a bull market. Here we go. Transcana, like whatever he's got. <laughs> one of those things I need to. But unfortunately, the finance stuff is a little bit over my head, which is unfortunate. But uh, uh, I want to make mention of uh, now the, the bill that I mentioned of, and just to kind of follow back up. As I mentioned, the bill that we're looking at, that the state senate did pass is called the Cannabis Limited Charter Banking and Credit Union Law for those that want to just make sure for the context. It would authorize the Limited Charter Bank or Credit Union to issue special purpose checks to cannabis businesses in order to pay government fees, taxes, rent, and vendor 
invoices. This law would also require the charters be insured. And they're talking about there would be up to about 900 banks branches in California that could easily be converted into bank branches to handle cannabis cash. Uh, when it comes down to that, you know, how much, you know, these they're basically seeing the story from Forbes about how it's the change in who's in the governor's office now that Gavin Newsom is trying to be proponent because he sees the tax benefits. He's trying to get that tax revenue up. Uh, do you see that kind of effort from the government only being a benefit to what you're looking to do? Absolutely. 100%. And not only that, but let's expand on that. Uh-huh. I see the federal government also having a keen eye on trying to solve the the very challenging environment between state and federal law throughout the United States with the yeah. overwhelming majority of the states now committing one form or another of cannabis um, the federal government, um, I'm hoping that before the 2020 election, uh, addresses it, whether they exempt uh, cannabis, whether they reschedule it, uh, whether they simply just push it down to the states, but yet um, uh, subject to clients forming, uh, performing within legal boundaries of those states and the federal governments will not interfere. Something along those lines is what's, what I, I think would just open the doors wide open uh, in the cannabis space, not only in California, uh, but nationwide. And from you know, talking to a lot of smart people in the industry, they're, they're pegging between the next 12 to 18 months that the federal government will take some form of action uh, to the benefit of, of the cannabis industry in the United States. If California is able to get this law put into law and offers this charter, uh, this chartering, I'll tell you, that is going to ring the bell of Washington and the legislators are going to say, you know what, if it's being done here, let's get this enacted everywhere else, which is very important to all. Absolutely. So again, I'm here with Jim Pakulis. Oh, oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm here with Jim Pakulis, CEO of TransCanna here on Blunt Business. We're going to be back with final questions. Uh, You made mention of the facility you just uh, put together in Adelanto, California. We're going to talk about that and a little bit more in just a moment here on Blunt Business. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. 
These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Jim Pakula, CEO of TransCanna here on Blunt Business. Yahoo Finance. You know, again, I, I, what can I say? They've been reading a lot of good stuff lately. And they've mentioned TransCanna here most recently about your internal projects, your Adelanto, California facility, applied for permanent manufacturing, distribution, and transportation license in April, late April 2019. You're looking now have the goal of putting state, city and state licenses in place as quickly as possible. The move would open the door to significant distribution potential for its own goods and other third-party brands. So what's left to be done before this uh, facility is at full operation? Licensing. The next phase is our licensing phase. Uh, licenses will be submitted uh, in, in June. Uh, we'll go, we work with a county at the facility on the licenses, and then we apply for our state provisional or permanent licenses. Um, we're all running a parallel path where uh, we're, we're, we're doing our due diligence on the necessary equipment for all the different uh, attributes that the building uh, is going to allow us, again, as I mentioned, everything from, from cultivation to nursery to cultivation, manufacturing, extraction, um, distribution, transportation. Uh, so we, we don't, we want to be ready once we get the licenses, we want to be ready to go uh, immediately thereafter. The, uh, the other aspect of TransCanna uh, that we have incorporated already is that we'd like to have three to five uh, satellite facilities throughout the state. And why is that important? Because we want to make sure we have the products for the end consumers in a timely fashion. Uh, with that said, we've uh, about a month or two ago, we at least 10,000 square feet in Adelanto. Adelanto, again, is an uh, hour and a half uh, uh, north, northeast of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a nice hub for us down there. Uh, we're going through 10 improvements on that. We should be done by the end of June. We just received our city permanent license to be operational in the manufacturing distribution state license, knock on wood, we get them sometime in July. Um, so that's a perfect example of the other three or four facilities we want to have throughout the state of California, besides what we refer to as the mothership, which is our 196,000 square foot facility. We want three or four other facilities throughout the state for us to be able to distribute and have those goods to be able to get to the dispensaries in a just-in-time fashion. And I know you're not too far away from the Mojave Desert and that part of the area too, but it's great that you had that spot. By the way, Adelanto, I don't know if you know, uh, if you're really caught up in your Spanish, but it's one word away from Adelante, which is well, the, the phrase that defines onward or going ahead. <laughs> so I guess that's uh, oh, okay, kind of ironic go. to say for TransCanna, going forward, onwards with TransCanna. So, uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's good. Again, you can always use that as a, you know, these are the next quote for next story in uh, Bloomberg or Forbes or whoever talks to you. In the express release, you never know. Uh, so finally, let's go ahead and talk about where we can learn more about TransCanna and all the things that are going on. Uh, please direct our listeners to the website and where they should learn more about what's going on and what you're working on in terms of the process, products, uh, fill us in. Also, and how we can find out. Uh, I know the uh, stock you said, once again, in the OTC markets, it's TCNAF, and you said it was TCAN on the uh, CETE, correct? Yeah, let's talk about that. The OTC, we have not formally uh, applied 
um, okay. and, and gone through that process. We're waiting until probably the end of the summer for that. So we're not actually on the OTC, though I know there's a listing there. Uh, we yes. do trade actively on the Canadian Securities Exchange. The CSE, our ticker is T-C-A-N, T-C-A-N. We're also trade on the Frankfurt under T-H number eight, T-H number eight. Uh, you can find all the information about TransCanna at www.transcanna.com. TransCanna.com, and you can subscribe for our our, our um, press releases, regular press releases, and get updated uh, on a weekly basis in regards to all the activities that are taking place at TransCanna. Fantastic. So again, TransCanna.com, find all the information that you need. And I'm uh, really glad I got a chance to go ahead and talk to you, and really, I think you're doing great work, and obviously, uh, hope to get a chance to go and catch up with you down the line. Any new updates come along, please make sure to go and pass along to us. We, uh, we'll go ahead and continue to follow along with all the work that you're doing over there at TransCanna. Thank you, Jim, again for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. So with that said, we'll talk more about TransCanna down the line and obviously with everything with California and uh, the Canadian cannabis market. California will continue to be a market that we're going to follow along vigilantly because we still have a lot of companies that are in the space of California, a lot of different things going on within California that we're following along with along with the issues with the FDA and trying to get, you know, hemp uh, particular licensing or approval into food products to Illinois legalization. There's just so many different issues that are bustling around. And here on Blunt Business, we're here to give you the context and give you that information, which I'm sure the mainstream media will not give to you. So you need to stick to this show and subscribe to this show. Download all the episodes of here Blunt Business. Subscribe by going to CannabisRadio.com. Subscribe by Apple Podcasts, which of course we hope you'll rate and review. Give a big five stars for that. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.